Welcome to Hidden Secrets to Health with Christina Cole. When you realize that each and every lifestyle choice you make generally has a direct effect on your health, wouldn't you want to influence that outcome? On this program, you'll learn how to uncover the secrets that your body tells you and learn how even small lifestyle changes can mean big rewards with your health. And now, here's your host, Christina Cole. Hi, and welcome to Hidden Secrets to Health. This is your host, Christina Cole. I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified health coach. And I started doing Hidden Secrets to Health because I really wanted to share different modalities for healing. I wanted to share some of the different um, issues that we're facing and how we can go about healing ourselves, but also how to listen to our bodies, how to reconnect and how to take ownership of our health back. And so today I um, am really excited to talk about um, a subject that I feel is sort of under the radar, something you hear about a lot, um, but it is impacting a lot more women than I think is recognized and that's breast implant illness. And I have a good friend of mine, Wynn Hilburn, who is going to be sharing her story. She is a FDN as well. And she really helps a lot of people in the healing from breast implant illness. So welcome, Wynn. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell, tell us a little bit about your history and kind of how you ended up specializing in helping people recover from this. Yes. So after the birth of my first child, about 25 years ago, um, I went for my six week checkup to my OBGYN and my stomach was still protruding. And I said, okay, when is this going to start going down? And he said to me, it's not, you're going to need surgery one day. And I did not want to believe that. Um, I'm I'm just going to interject for a second here because I have that as well. And when I went to my post-ops, no one said anything about it. Yeah. I had to like, figure it all out on my own. I was like, what's going on here? How come everyone else's stomach is going back and I still look pregnant? Wow. So yay that you actually had a doctor who knew what it was. Yes. Yes. So, you know, women bounce back differently from pregnancy. But I, in my mind, I said to myself, I was 32 years old, you know, you don't know me, I'm a dietitian. I, um, I exercise, I'm going to get this under control. Um, so two years later, I had my second baby. And then five and a half years later, I had my third child, and she was really a big baby, almost nine pounds. Wow. And so the muscles, it's called diastasis recti, and the muscles just separate and thin, in which each pregnancy, they thin more. And then you're left with this space in your abdomen, which protrudes. And as you know, you look (laughs) like you're pregnant, right? Yes. So um, I decided after my third baby was 18 months old that I was going to have this corrected. I was going to have, and it could bring back pain and and other kinds of problems. Yeah, because that's supposed to be the front support, which to me... It still blows my mind, and I had a show about diastasis recti that it's not some, it's considered uh, cosmetic surgery instead of repair surgery. So we should just walk around with our guts hanging out. <laughs> right, right. With no protection, but it's fine. It's right. just our and, looks. And it is considered um, 
um, elective surgery. And, but what they do is they literally sew the muscles back together. And then while they're in there, they do a tummy tuck because you have all this skin that is just hanging there. And so they clip it and, you know, they, they get rid of that excess skin. So anyway, I was going in for that procedure and several weeks before that procedure, um, my husband at the time, uh, and I were looking at the surgeon's website and all these breast augmentations were popping up. And so he turned to me and said, um, why don't you do that at the same time? And I looked at him and I said, really, you'd want me to do that? And wow. he said, well, only if you want to. And so I take full responsibility for that decision. It was my body and I got to choose, but he did plant that seed and I took it hook, line and sinker. Sure. And I tell people, had I still lived on the East Coast, because um, I had lived, grown up on the East Coast, lived in New Jersey um, for six years after I was married, um, I don't believe having breast implants would have been on my radar. Not that women in, on the East Coast don't get them, but right. in Southern California, it was a much more common you know, phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm from San Diego, and I you could throw a stick and hit... <laughs> breast implant they're just in fact there was a time when I was like how am I all the shirts that I wanted to buy were really designed for someone who had buoyant implants and I was like I have nothing to put in that shirt so it was a style at the time you know yeah it was so anyway, I went along for 14 years. I had them in and they're really supposed to not last more than 10 years. Um, that's what the doctors tell you. And it's written in all the literature from the manufacturers. But I was pretty much smooth sailing because I didn't recognize that some of the symptoms I w- was having were likely tied to the breast implants. And I will get into all of that in a few minutes. Um, but it was only until uh, a couple years ago that a dear friend said to me, when do you have any idea what are in those breast implants? And I said, no. And here I was a health coach. I was in the functional health space. I was eating Mm -hmm. really well, exercising, you know, getting rid of plastic in my home and switching to glass and filtering my water and doing whatever I could to be healthy. And here I was walking around with toxic bags of chemicals which my doctor told me don't leak, but that's not true. And right. so, um, so, you know, for a while, I just want to interject because people are like, well, you know, they're sailing now, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that it, that's true, but there's a bag, right? There's the, there's the, you know, the container for the sailing and it's the container that has the toxins and that's what, you know, the, that's what's rubbing up against your insides. Absolutely. And so there's a whole stress response that happens. And I'll, I'm going to talk about that in momentarily. Sure. Um, but so saline implants, of course, have saline and they have all these other chemicals and um, silicone, I mean. And then saline has silicone casings. So even though it's filled with saline, there is silicone in there as well. And saline implants actually leave you open to mold, um, mold growth, and and they they both leave you susceptible to mold and bacterial overgrowth and um, 
path, you know, other pathogens, yeast and fungi, but especially saline. I mean, women who explant, like my doctor shows you the implants when after the explantation and the capsules. Um, and sometimes they're covered in mold. Um, so yeah, and mold is, is so, you know, harmful to the body. So no matter how you look at it, um, implants, you know, they're, they're toxic to the body. And, um, so what happens is I'm going to get to the symptoms, but, um, anyway, when this friend told me about what was in them and I thought, oh my God, I didn't even know this. And I've been walking around for 14 years with these toxic chemicals in my body, who knows Mm -hmm. what it's doing. Um, I felt very overwhelmed because I knew right away I was going to explant, but um, there's a lot to think about. It's another major surgery. Mm -hmm. So whenever you get breast implants, you're signing up for an additional surgery, at least one. Um, There's a big cost involved. Um, There's time off from work. There's the question of, okay, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to drive my carpools? Who's going to, you know, do this and that? How am I going to get through this? Um, So in my mind, I made a year out plan that I knew within a year I wanted to explant. So you just take it step by step. So that kind of goes back to why we get breast plants in the first place, right? Because uh, there's, there's very much the emotional factor in this. And, um, and I certainly considered getting implants. Um, I I'm sure it was because living in Southern California and, you know, you're not bundled up half the year. So you spend a lot of time, um, in less clothes and more, your body's more visible, more viewable. And there, there are these implants all over the place. So, when you're, you know, kind of sitting with a bunch of other women and they have these big perky boobs and you don't, you're like, oh, hi. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so it's a little, and and then we have them on, you know, social media and TV and everything else. We've got these, you know, these beautiful breasts everywhere. And so when you have smaller boobs, you, it's, you feel insecure. So, and then after you have babies and your breasts sag or, you know, whatever may be happening going on there. Um, for some of us, like I had bigger boobs while I was pregnant and breastfeeding. And then they went right back to where they were before when I'm done. And when I found out you have to have more than one surgery, that's what I was like, no. Well, good for you that you didn't take that leap. But you're absolutely right about mindset. And actually, it's a lack of self-love. And, you know, I felt like it was a good idea to add to myself. And that's really what the implantation was about. And many women that I talked to who have had implants um, had someone say something to them at some point in their life, whether it was in, you know, high school or after um, commenting on the size of their chest, whether they were flat or, you know, whether it was from an ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. or a father even or anybody. And it really left um, a bad impact on them. And when they, when they implanted, they finally felt like, wow, I'm powerful. I'm, totally. I'm no longer that person with less than. So it really comes down to a lack of self-love and not feeling like the way you are is beautiful and unique. And, you know, I had that too. And um, so that's one thing I work on when I, in the health coaching, getting to that place where you accept and love yourself for the way you are. 
Um, you know, I work out when I go to my gym, there's women next to me um, showing their cleavage and I yeah. could always know who has the breast implants. And I feel like saying to them, you are beautiful the way you were, you know, get them out, heal your body, um, ensure that your future will be healthier. But I understand where their head is at because I was oh, totally, I yeah. too. I, I totally get it. And I, and I think anyone listening should, um, should really get it. And I think that there's probably, um, some people who've been triggered by being said, it's a lack of self-love. They're like, no, I did this because I love myself or right. Like it's a gift. To, I gave this as a gift to myself. I ba- I had these babies and, and now I'm like reclaiming my beauty. Um, and that is not, that's not the message that we're sending here. But we are letting you know that there are no safe breast implants. They just aren't. And some people, um, their body reacts and some people it doesn't. Or the ways that is reacting is not um, significant. But there are also people who have a significant response to having this in and they don't know what's wrong. They don't know, you know, like they're going to the doctor and they have all these different things that are going on. And that's why we really want to talk about what some of the symptoms are and what some of the toxins are that are in these um, implants, because you might be experiencing these, these symptoms and not knowing that it is, could be coming from the implants. That, that could be what kickstarted Mm-hmm. this downward spiral. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, many women are actually suffering in silence because they go to their doctors and they say, you know, I have this complaint, I have that complaint. Um, but the doctors do lab tests, they take blood and yeah, nothing yeah. shows up in the blood work. So the doctors say, you're fine. And it, and really they suggest that it's all in your head, right? So, um, so the problem is the doctors are treating the, the test paper, they're treating the lab report, and they're not listening to the women, but the women know that something is wrong. So what happened with me is nine months after I had the implants, I went for a uh, checkup, an annual checkup with my, um, my regular doctor, my uh, practitioner. And uh, I told her I was, I was having a few symptoms. I mean, I was tired. I was having some concentration problems. I was having a little joint pain in my knees. And occasionally I had heart palpitations. Mm. And um, she, she gave me an exam and said, you know, you look fine. I'll do some blood work. So she called me back a week later and said, you know, your blood work looks pretty good, except for there's one marker that's elevated. And I said, well, what is that? And she said, well, it's ANA. And I said, well, what is ANA? And she said, it means an autoimmune process could be brewing. And I said, really? I was really surprised. And uh, I said, well, what can I do about that? And she said, nothing. You just need to wait and see. So that's the problem that wait and see. So unfortunately that's the traditional medical model because they can't do anything for you until they have a diagnosis. They they don't have have that in their toolkit. Exactly. And once they have a diagnosis, they give you medication and that medication usually leads to another medication and it just goes on with side effects. So that's why I'm doing the work I'm doing because as an FDN practitioner, we want to, 
discover the imbalances that are going on now before mm-hmm. they lead to worse conditions or autoimmune disease. Absolutely. I mean, you can spend the money now or you can spend the money later. When you spend the money later, you are also in pain and you don't feel well. And the unraveling takes so much longer versus if you can catch something uh, as it's beginning and start healing it, then you don't have to kind of go down that path of misery Absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, it doesn't cost you as much to start making these lifestyle changes and these fixes that are happening. And um, I love the, the field of functional medicine. I love that we have these different tools. We have MDs that are going through functional medicine. We have FDNs, which I love the dress protocol. And I love how we get into the mindset. We get into some of that self-talk that's happening in the emotional side of health because you can eat all the healthy food in the world. But if your mindset is if you have a lot of negative self-talk, you're, you're not going to heal to the level that you need to heal. So we're going to go to break in just a minute, but I really want to spell out some of the toxins that are in the implant. So when we come back, I want you to talk about that and then give us some examples of symptoms like you did, like the brain fog, um, the joint pain, some of those things that are happening that it's going to talk to people and they're going to be like, oh, that's me. So we'll be right back. Great. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to The Wellness Connection for the latest and most comprehensive information about health and wellness topics. From natural health and green living to regulation, political views, and legislation. Each week, hosts Peter McCarthy and Radia Gleese interview renowned experts who will answer questions and provide the keys to your better health and better life. Listen for The Wellness Connection live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Hidden Secrets to Health. To reach our show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at christinacole.com. Now back to Hidden Secrets to Health. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Health. This is your host, Christina Cole. I am an FDN and a certified health coach. And today we are talking about breast implant illness with Wynne Hilbrun. And when we left, we were really talking about um, why a lot of us get implants Um, some of the impacts that we experience and we left off with wanting to go into sort of what are some of the toxins that are in these implants. Okay. So get yourselves braced because these are just some of the chemicals that are in implants, heavy metals, starting with those we have there's arsenic, there's cadmium, there's chromium, there's cobalt, copper, lead, mercury, thallium, silver, tin, platinum, aluminum. That's wow. just to, that's just to name a few. They sound like steel boobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's there's many more, mm. but those those are just some of them. And in fact, this is a scary thought. Um, platinum has been found in the breast milk of women with Ooh. breast implants. Yeah. So unfortunately, you can be transmitting some of these metals um, and toxins to your baby. Um, So they don't stay contained in the implant, even if you don't have a leak. They find their way into the body. Yeah. And in addition to heavy metals, there are chemicals that you would not want around your house. So there's things like hexane, cyclohexane, benzene acetone, which many women have gotten rid of with their <clears throat> nail yeah. polish removal, yeah. right? Butanol, chloroform, phenol, toluene, uh, titanium, nickel, acetone, which I think I already mentioned, um, lead-based solder, solder, uh, silicone, of course, that is not inert, even though my doctor told me that it is inert in the body, huh. it is not formaldehyde okay formaldehyde so we're embalming ourselves yeah (laughs) formaldehyde is actually one of the top five chemicals that's being looked at um in the personal care safety protection oh good i'm glad Um, there's over eighty thousand chemicals but that is like one of the first ones that that the fda is looking at to eliminate and so that is in our bodies if we have breast implants um, talcum powder, which was shown to be related to cancer years ago when we used to put it on babies' bottoms, you know. Yeah. Um, xylene, which is a neurotoxin, um, epoxy resin, get this, printing ink, um, epoxy These hardener. Are strange. 
and metal, metal clearing acid. Okay, so these are just some of the toxins that are in there depending on the manufacturer um, of the implant. Just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's and what so let's say we have these, and then like most people, we're living a stressful lifestyle. So how does right. stress impact having these toxins in our body? Great question. So stress, I just want to define it as anything that places a burden on the body. And breast implants are big stressors on the body. Um, basically, uh, you can install a foreign object in the body and not expect the immune system to notice. So what's happening in the body is it's basically wanting to survive and protect itself. So it creates a war zone. Um, which results wow. in, yeah, um, and it results in just a lot of dysfunction going on, and there are casualties, and symptoms are actually the last things to appear. So once you have symptoms, it already means your body is out of balance, and it is not working properly. So there's a few things that happen with this stress response. Um, as soon as breast implants are, I call it, installed, um, the immune system activates and fires continuously. Um, another thing that happens is capsules are actually formed around the implants to protect itself because the body senses it, uh, the implants are foreign, so it wants to contain them. And these are made up of scar tissue and dead cells. And unfortunately, wow. yeah. And they're a breeding ground for fungi and yeast and mold and bacterial infections. And I'll talk about more of that in the explantation process because you want to okay. make sure that you're getting rid of the capsules as well when you explant. Um, and the other thing that happens is our stress response is activated. So our stress hormone, which is cortisol, um, is, is on high alert. And this is the fight or flight response. So it, it energizes us to get away from a threat. It lets, makes our blood flow, gives us energy, make, let, allows us to move our arms and legs and get away from, say, an enemy. Mm -hmm. So from an, an ancestral point of view, it was like if someone would be running from a tiger. So sure. all they're concerned about is getting away and moving. But what happens is when cortisol is chronically elevated, it takes down other systems, sure. specifically the immune system, digestive system, and reproductive system. Because when you're running from, say, a tiger, you don't need to be fighting infection. You don't need to be digesting your food, and you don't need to be reproducing. Right. So the body so if you have low libido out there... <laughs> <laughs> this could be part of the issue. Absolutely. That's one of the symptoms. So basically, um, the head of FDN, Reed Davis, very aptly uh, coined this term, which he actually trademarked, and it's called metabolic chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the what happens when um, the cortisol is constantly elevated and it takes down all the other systems. And um, so, because they're changing, the implants are changing the environment around them. And depending on the woman's health before implantation, depending on her genetic makeup, her ability to detoxify, um, her lifestyle choices, and other stressors in her life, whether they're mental, emotional, if there's something physical going on with a sprain or a break or an accident, um, if there's, you know, financial problems, relationships, stress, any of that kind of thing, that all affects um, the outcome of 
and the, the balance imbalance in the body. So common symptoms that women um, are experiencing, and by the way, these can um, set in anywhere from two weeks after implantation all the way up to 18 years. There are some women wow. who don't report being aware of any symptoms to 18 years later, but the average is two and a half years. And by six years, 90% of women with implants do have at least one symptom. Um, so these are things like muscle aches and joint pain, including arthritis, morning stiffness, uh, fatigue and low energy, cognitive deficits, including memory loss and brain fog. I know I had a lot of trouble concentrating and remembering things. Sinus problems, hair loss, and dryness throughout the body. Wow. So it could be dry eyes. It could be dry skin. Um, recurring infections, so trouble getting over colds or flus. Um, GI and digestive issues. Many times women mm -hmm. um, are diagnosed with IBS or irritable bowel syndrome or just bouts of constipation or, or loose stools. Uh, mm -hmm. Rashes, anxiety new onset allergies or new food or chemical sensitivities, dizziness. Many women experience dizziness. Um, and then there are things like skin rashes, uh, night sweats, weight gain, nausea or vomiting. Food. Wow. And so you go to the doctor and they're just like, hmm. They don't, they can't pick up on it. They're not trained to make the association between the implants and what is going on with you. Right. And so how many people do you think kind of go down these other roads, right? Like if I have now I have an autoimmune issue and you're trying to work on that and you get so far, right? You can get so far down the path in healing, but if you still have the implants and you haven't had them removed, that's probably you're you're hitting that wall. Yeah, because it's constantly stressing you. So, you know, you can eat the healthiest food in the world and exercise, but if you have these these toxic bags in your body and it's constantly firing your immune system or stress response, you can't, you know, you can't be at rest to recover. You can't digest your food well. You can't, you know, carry on your normal body functions in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So when you had yours removed, what... What differences did you notice in your own health? Well, interestingly, even though I had these symptoms that I talked about before, the fatigue and the joint pain and some heart palpitations and skin issues, I was also going through a very stressful time in my life. Um, mm -hmm. I was going through a divorce after a 20-year marriage. So, you know, I'm sure that compounded some of my symptoms, but I consider myself one of the lucky ones because I didn't feel debilitating symptoms. I mean, there are women who cannot go to work. There are women who cannot participate in family life, who can't mm -hmm. get out of bed in the morning. They're really, really debil debilitated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they are the ones, a lot of them coming forward and speaking up about this. And when they explant, like I would say a lot of the times 80% of their symptoms go away. That's and so amazing. That, that shows a clear association between the implants and the dysfunction that, that they're causing. Mm -hmm. um, so I, so what happened with me was I wasn't feeling like any of this really was attributed to the breast implants because I didn't know to look for that. And it was only until um, I joined FDN and went through some of my own lab testing mm -hmm. and I, and I, every single lab test, functional lab test I ran on myself showed dysfunction. 
Interesting. So I had <clears throat> leaky gut. I have a, li- a liver that was congested because the toxins right. process through the liver. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, um, you know, some, uh, you know, GI you know, leaky gut and I had some food sensitivities. Um, I had hormonal imbalance. So I didn't know I had any of this just walking around like a lot of the symptoms I just chalked up to aging. I'm getting older. I had the implants put in when I was 41 years old. I'm now 57. So I just chalked it up to, well, I'm getting a little aches and pains and, you know, the heart palpitations. I know my mom has had that. She had some thyroid issues. Um, Mm -hmm. So I figured, okay, it's just genetic. I have to, you know, look forward to that path. Right. And, And all of this most of this can be resolved if you know what to look for and how to take the steps to heal. I think that's, um, I really want to kind of touch back on the, it's just, it's genetics, right? I'm destined because we have been trained to believe that whatever family history of ailments, we are destined to get them. There's, there's no if and or butts involved. It is a when, when this is going to happen. And um, I have a Facebook uh, group called Beat Your Genes because Mm -hmm. you can, we have, we may have those, um, we might head in that direction, but we do things in our lifestyle that will trigger whether or not that's, we're going to have these, um, these diagnoses, if you will. So, you know, for me, something I've talked about on the show is, um, insulin resistance is pretty, runs pretty high in my family and, um, type two diabetes runs high in my family. And, um, when I, as I've been getting older and having my lab you know, sort of like I was on the border for gestational diabetes with both of my children. And I was like, oh, there it is. And that was before I'd gone through um, IIN, before I'd gone to the School of Applied Functional Medicine, before I had gone through FDN, that I um, was aware of these things. So I was just waiting till they were going to give me metformin, really. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And then when I went through this education, that's when I found out, like, I can actually make lifestyle changes and nip this in the bud. And I have, and it's been a pretty dramatic change over two years and not that much with, um, sort of was crowding out some of my food, but I think more than anything, it was awareness, like I need to be aware and make wiser choices and I need to be more on top of my stress levels and how I handle that because that's going to push me down a path I don't want to go. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, and so um, when it comes back to breast implant illness and thinking that some of these symptoms are just your genetic dispensation, like that's just the, that's the, the deck you got dealt, that might not be the case. It might really be that you have a toxic burden in your body that if you remove it, these other things will also go away. You can't just remove the implants, right? And not like do some type of a detoxification and help your body out. You can't 
go and eat the standard American diet and think that you're going to get healthy. Like there are lifestyle changes, there are food choices that you need to be making at the same time. Absolutely. We have 80% control over the way our health is headed. And I know for me, sleep was a huge issue. I mean, I would go to bed at 11 or midnight um, because when I transitioned to being a single mom, when I would come home from work, that was like my found time. And I wanted to, you know, take advantage of every moment. But what happens is when you go to bed, say after 10 p.m., your body is not given the chance to detoxify anything that it needed to get rid of for that day. And so, you know, even by just shifting sleep and improving your sleep hygiene, that can help tremendously. Um, And I also uh, do much better when I avoid gluten and dairy and, and have also worked on reducing stress, mental, emotional stress. And yeah, it's all part of the picture. And this is what we work on with the dress protocol and FDN. We address Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I think we should really talk about after our break is about the explant process and what what that is, is how you go about that, sort of what you need to be aware of when it comes to the um, whole process and kind of how the recovery is both emotionally as well as physically, because I feel like when you put them in, it's sort of the surge of confidence. And when you take them out, then it's sort of this deflating feeling, literally, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what size you you get and all that, I think that there's a certain um, emotional factor that's going to play. So we'll talk about that uh, when we come back from our break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. 
tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. listening to Hidden Secrets to Health. To reach our show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at christinacole.com. Now back to Hidden Secrets to Health. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner and Certified Health Coach. And today we are talking with Wynne Hilbrun about breast implant illness. Before the break, we kind of went through some of the toxins that are found in um, the casings and sometimes in the solution in implants. We talked about how stress has an impact And we also talked about some of the symptoms. So now what we really want to dive into are um, some of the um, autoimmune or other illnesses that have been linked to breast implants and then how to go about having an explant, which is really having them removed and not replaced with a new set. Yes, absolutely. So there is actually a cancer that's tied to breast implants, and it's called BIAALCL, which stands for Breast Implant Associated Anaplastic Large Cell Lymphoma. And it's a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it's the only condition that has been tied directly to breast implants. Um, And women have died from it. Interestingly enough, France just outlawed textured implants um, because they were seeing a high rate of women developing this cancer. Wow. Yeah. And it's actually not a cancer of the breast. It's a cancer of the immune system. Hmm. So when you think about how the immune system fires and then goes haywire, that is what's happening. So, you know, that's very interesting because the European Union is always ahead of us in terms of banning harmful chemicals. Um, But interestingly enough, too, one of the manufacturers of implants, um, which is called Mentor, which is actually the ones, the manufacturers are the ones I had. I recently learned that in their study, because the FDA approved the sale of these implants under a few conditions. One was that these manufacturers would follow women, um, have women in their study to see for, for seven to 10 years how they fared with the implants. And it was never done. It was never followed up, but the FDA approved the sale of, of them. Anyway, okay. So, um, but interestingly enough, Mentor, I just read recently, they disallowed women with a history, a family history of autoimmune disease to be participants in their studies. Wow. Which is so telling to me, a huge red flag that they knew some kind of right. autoimmune response would happen in women with breast implants. Wow. So, yeah. So a lot of the um, dysfunction, it does result in, it can result in autoimmune disease because the body um, is busy fighting foreign invaders and it starts attacking its own tissue because it's unclear what is foreign and what is its own tissue. 
Um, and conditions that many women suffer from are fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, connective hmm. tissue disease, uh, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, um, even depression, and, and other, other diseases as well. Um, so, you know, it goes down that road of, of autoimmune disease and, and, you know, we can find markers to autoimmune, um, responses in some of our lab testing. So for example, food sensitivity tests can show you if your body is producing antibodies against, you know, gluten or dairy or corn or lectins or eggs or whatever nuts whatever it is and once we know that we know to eliminate those foods until we can decrease inflammation and build up the gut build up the all the body systems um, but we have that clue so we know where to target yeah so it's interesting because in our work with fdn um and and you know doing the metabolic chaos, we always talk about the circular effect, right? So um, did it start in the gut or did it start with your thyroid? And the fact that with breast implants, it's this stress, right? It's a chronic stress in your body all the time and how stress leads to 80% of all doctor visits are stress-related illnesses. And so that's what kind of starts the cycle of having a leaky gut, of having... Um, something going on in your GI tract, like a bacterial or a fungal overgrowth. And then that stress on um, that part of your body. And because you're on this cortisol high, now you're stressing out your thyroid. And so, right. And then that, that leads to insulin resistance. And <laughs> it's like this vicious cycle. And it's interesting that breast implants <clears throat> are kind of creating this chronic stress all on their own before any of those other things. Yeah. So how absolutely. do you how do you get rid of them? <laughs> okay. So again, the thought of the process is a little daunting. So you need to make a plan and have an intention and make a commitment. So you want to search for a surgeon. Um, the first surgeon I visited was pretty close to my home, and I told him that I wanted the capsules removed as well as the implants. And he told me that he doesn't routinely do that, but he would. And then when I was checking out with the nurse and going over cost and schedule, et cetera, she said, well, you reported that you don't really have major symptoms going on. So why are you looking to explant? So I knew right away that was not the practice for me. Yeah. So I found this wonderful surgeon um, an hour and 15 minutes from my house. And um, the most important thing, um, so the capsules are breeding grounds um, for uh, pathogens. Okay. And what happens is you need them re removed um, at the same time as the implants. Um, so I chose a surgeon who is highly skilled and specializes in a procedure called N-block total capsulectomy. It's a French word. It's E-N-B-L-O-C, total capsulectomy. And what he does is he makes sure he, he clips the capsule, which surrounds the implant, away from the rib cages because many times implants are placed behind the muscle. And he, right. he very carefully removes them from the body cavity and then removes the implants with the capsules around them. Wow. Um, and then once he gets them out, he's able to cut open the capsules and pull the implant out. And literally after explant, we, I had my two implants on a tray and my two capsules on a tray. 
Um, many women whose doctors don't know to do this have two or three sets of capsules left in their bodies because many women have had their implants replaced. Right. Um, and they they could cause illness just from having the capsules in there because the microorganisms are feeding off of that and creating mold and endotoxins. In and those the body. Won't go, they won't go away on their own. Oh, no. They just cause more and more um, inflammation and dysfunction. And so you want a, a surgeon who's highly skilled in removing the capsules as well. That's really, um, one, this sounds painful. It kind of makes me cringe like, a, whew, um, I'm glad you're knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. of, I mean, this is a really major, major surgery. And the fact that it's, you know, it's basically against your rib cage and underneath your muscles. So you don't even have that muscle line protection between you and your internal organs. Right. And you, you know, if the capsules are ripped, then, and there's a leak in the implant, then you have more of a chance of silicone and the other chemicals leaking into your body cavity and your armpit and, and elsewhere in your body. In fact, when my doctor visited me right after the surgery, he showed me that there was a small leak in one of my implants. Oh, wow. And he thought it was one that had just been happening uh, recently. But nevertheless, um, I saw it. He showed it to me and, and, you know, was so, so lucky that you exactly. And so when I was in the surgical bed, you know, staring at the white curtain, waiting for the uh, nurse to come in and put my IV in, I actually was crying. I had I felt so overwhelmed. On the one hand, I was so grateful to be about to explant and have this, you know, chance to do this and restore my health down the road. On the other hand, I look back the last 14 years and I just said to myself, wow, like, why did I do this? I did not need to do this. But, you know, that was in the past. And, mm -hmm. but, you know, there were definitely tears of regret. But, um, but again, I was grateful for having the opportunity to do it and so grateful to the friend who informed me about that. And I just knew from that day forward, I wanted to pay it forward and, and inform other women. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really important because we don't hear about this. I know I didn't hear about this. And um, I had someone share with me some of the symptoms and the list and, and uh, of the chemicals that are in there, and then kind of knowing um, the health of this person and, and correlating. I was just like, wow, like, you know, like, there's no way for me to tell you not to go get an explant. I think you should do that. Um, and, and, and because there are just too many things that line up and not, and not to say that there aren't other things happening in your body that are causing some of these or contributing to some of these, but the, the implants really are having this multi-factor impact and, um, it's just boobs. <laughs> 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 yeah, you want your health, right? Like your health is so much more important and having your energy and being able to show up in your life the way that you want to um, does not require boobs to do that. And, no. but I feel like there's, you know, we're, we're always shown these glamorous, beautiful women who seem to be doing it all and getting it all done. And that's part of the image. Um, and so, you know, this is where having having um, a good support system is going to be really important and um, loving yourself, forgiving yourself for um, 
whatever reason you felt like you needed to do this. And, and, and maybe it's just vanity and that's fine, right? Like that's fine. But if you have young children, which is more important to you, your vanity um, or being, being healthy and being able to show up for your kid all the time and um, not having this sort of simmering in the background, because even if you feel fine right now, it's going to have an impact. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to the point where I really felt empowered when I was about to explant because I had, I knew that I had given my power away when I put my health in someone else's hands, when I believed they knew better than I did. And I was not taking responsibility for my own research and my own health. Um, But I had done a lot of self-work up to that point. So I got to the point where I was actually happy to go back to what I, my original size was, mm-hmm. um, because that was me. That was me for 41 years of my life. And I, and I was happy to, to go back to being more natural. Um, but not everybody is at that place. And, you know, we do touch upon this in the coaching that I do. But, you know, sometimes I refer people out to a counselor or a therapist sure. like if, they, if they need to do that self-work and get to a mm-hmm. place where they feel, you know, they start taking care of themselves better and feeling that self-love. It takes it takes some work. So speaking of um, the program that you run, how would our um, listeners find you? How do yeah. they get in touch with Wynn? So uh, I have a website, winnethealth.com. It's W-Y-N-N-E-A-T, health.com. And I actually did a three-part video and blog series on breast implant illness. So there's a lot of great resources in there. Um, and on the website, they can click, there's an orange tab where they can schedule a free discovery session where we go over what's going on with them, what their health complaints are, what they want to be experiencing instead, and how I work and how I might be able to uh, help them and see if we're a fit to work together. Awesome. Then I'm also on uh, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn under Win It Health, all one word. Um, and they can also reach me by email at winnithealth at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, I'm just all about helping women, uh, you know, even if they're not at the point where they're ready to explant, but now it's on their radar. Well, that's a great time to do lab testing before Mm -hmm. you want to do it before the explant. So you know what you're dealing with, you know, what needs to be addressed. Um, and you know, the first month after explant is just solely for recovery. You just really want to put all your energy into healing and so we wouldn't even start the detoxification and healing process until after that first month. Thanks so much for joining us today, Wynn. This has been The Hidden Secrets to Health. And you can always find me at christinacole.com or on the Voice America channel. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hidden Secrets to Health. Please join host Christina Cole for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until next week, keep an eye on your good health.
Thanks again for listening.